everyone. Welcome to A Couple of Crazies. It's Adam and Maddie, the craziest crazies in all the land. We are back. Yes, and we're on, we're riding another three dubs for uh, the Duke Blue Devil, Devils, and uh, we're sitting in first place uh, in the ACC, tied with uh, the Hurricanes of Miami, and uh, 18 and 3 overall, and things are feeling uh, pretty good again. What do you think, Maddie? Oh, yeah. I mean... Not mad at a uh, little three-game uh, win situation that we need to recap Four here today. overall, if you, uh, can, if you combine uh, the Syracuse game. Well, we fair enough. Covered. But uh, since last episode, I'm saying I like to be here saying let's talk about a win and then another win and then another one, another as DJ Khaled one. would say, yes. another one. So, Adam, tell us, tell the people, what have we missed? Going back in time, let's take a walk down memory lane. About a week ago now, you had Duke versus Clemson. Talk to me. What do you have to say? Yeah, well, uh, Clemson, they were without Trevor Keels again. Um, and this game was just way, way, way too close at home, at Cameron, um, against a team that really is not very good. They really played super well against Duke, and it was a combination of playing super well against Duke and... They played up and we played down. It's because they were orange. Everyone knows how I feel about teams that were orange. Yeah, you know, it's it's the turnovers, and that's the team's Achilles heel so far. And and they've been able to be – their talent has been able to get them through it, but they need to clean it up. Um, you know, even in their most recent game uh, against Notre Dame, um, they, they're turning the ball over a lot. Uh, and that, that's something that they really need to clean up. Uh, in the last three games, at least nine turnovers per game, 12 in both the Clemson and Notre Dame games. Um, so that's something that's concerning. In a game where Duke, going back to the Clemson game, is 50% from three, 10 of 20, the fact that they only won by two points is uh, a little concerning. But um, No, I agree. And I think it's also worth noting that that was one of the biggest and most consistent characteristics of the games we've lost was the number of turnovers. So, yes, in these scenarios, we managed to pull out a win, you know, by whatever margin. We'll get into the numbers more. But those turnovers have also been very characteristic of our losses this season. So definitely a little little concerning and something that I want to see a lot of improvement in as we get closer to March. If I told you going into the Clemson game, we're going to be playing at home at Cameron. Duke is going to be 10 of 20 from three. They're going to shoot 50% from three. Mm -hmm. They're going to be 11 of 13 from the line. So free throw shooting of 85%. Which is for this team is like perfection. And then if I told you... Clemson is going to have attempted one free throw in the entire game and missed the free throw, you would tell me that Duke would what? Trounce these losers. However, it also tells me... Let's look at some other numbers. Let's look at some other numbers. It means that I hate an opportunity for someone to get their shit rock to be missed. So that just really makes me sad. Some other numbers. Clemson, 39 rebounds. Duke, 31 rebounds. Um, That's not like atrociously, horrifically far apart. Yeah, and turnovers, Duke 12. That's disgusting. Clemson 10. Okay, but they're a worse team than we are, so they can just sit in their 10 like a dirty diaper. I'm not sitting with my 12. Here's the number that really says it all, and this is... um, Lay it on me. I like the buildup. Tell me, tell me. you, You know, if you look at numbers, which can tell you a lot, at this point, Duke still has the clear advantage. But here's the number that is um, bringing Clemson back in the game. 14 offensive rebounds, 
to three offensive rebounds. Oh, you're bringing it back. In my head, just the victory glow can really muddle together. But this was the game where I was like, have, do we know what an offensive rebound is? Could so we try? Can we try? We got State. murdered on the offensive boards. Speaking of Florida State, they have lost their last two games and uh, we love to see it. Have fallen, uh, you know, in as at number right now at number six in the conference at six and four. So they were a tie for first with Miami. They are now. That, that's a, the, took a little tumble. Yeah. So anyway, Duke kind of escapes with a W against Clemson at home. Not really what you were expecting. Not the to dominant see. smacking that I was looking for. But, but a win. Ultimately, you know, I would say um, a good performances by Bancaro, uh, Wendell. Um, you know, Mark Williams, a stronger performance for Joey Baker, who was three or four from three and definitely uh, a key to the win. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Overall, I was very impressed and have been very impressed the past few games with Roach, who really had to step up and rise to the occasion with Keel's hurt. Like, it, you're not totally sure what you're going to get when someone is kind of like put back into the starting rotation and, you know, it has to go from being a bit more of a role player into a starter. I think he absolutely rose to the occasion, super impressed, and he's been a very valuable contributor to the team. Let's talk about Roach for a second. Uh, You know, comparing his year from last year to this year, playing, you know, a little bit, four more minutes per game. You know, he's definitely been a big part of this year's team. Actually shooting... Worse this year, uh, field goal percentage-wise, a little bit better from three. Um, but the number that we really, really are interested in here is assists and turnovers. Last year, 2.8 assists per game with two turnovers per game. This year, 3.8 assists per game, so a one-hole uh, assist more per game, and down to 1.3 turnovers. So that yeah. ratio is really, really improved. Um, so definitely really nice progress in Jeremy Roach's game. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the Louisville game, which uh, had some moments where it was like Duke is just going to dominate. Right from the get-go, they, they just started super strong. Uh, felt like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, but Louisville clawed back, and at halftime, it's only a five-point game, 40-35 to 35 Duke at that point. But um, from that point forward... Uh, Duke kind of ran away with the game. There were some moments where Louisville looked like they were going to come back, but uh, a couple daggers uh, from A.J. Griffin, who is just turning it on at the right time. Oh, yeah. I mean, including a buzzer beater three to end the first half, which was just gorgeous, darling, gorgeous. Uh, So that saved, you know, some bad feelings. It would have been 37-35 going into halftime. Instead, you got some cushion. Let me just say, Five of five from three for A.J. Griffin against Louisville. He's just a star. And he has ice in his veins. He's just, I love him. He plays with swagger, but like a quiet confidence. I love A.J. Griffin. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and uh, you know, on the season, he's he is shooting 50% from three. You know, just crazy. Um, just really crazy. Uh, it, you know, you want to say a number like that can't be sustained, and, and ultimately it can't. But, you know, who knows with this guy? He's just been improving, uh, you know, every single game. He does not turn the ball over. He turns the ball over 0.5 times per game for a freshman. That's just insanity. And for those, you know, just interested, because Paolo Bancaro gets all this the spotlight, um, you know, if we look at his numbers, 
he's turning the ball over 2.4 times per game. So, I mean, what is that? One, uh, two, three, four, five times as much as A.J. Griffin, and this is the guy who's going to be the number one pick. So it's just really, really impressive stuff from A.J. Griffin, and uh, Duke is very, very lucky to have him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he is awesome. Uh, I love him. What else do we have to say about this One Louisville game? One negative game against Louisville is just their free throw shooting was just atrocious. 8 of 18, oh, 44%. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was brutal. It was brutal. And we were just lucky to have the margin that we had and that it really was hills and valleys. You know, ahead, then they kind of pulled back within, you know, maybe having a fighting chance before Duke really pulled ahead and sealed the deal, as we say. Um, but those free throws, I mean, come March Madness, that shit kills you. So we have to sort that out. That is just a problem. Um, but Down to 71.9% as a team this year uh, from free throw um, line, and it's just they got to figure that stuff out. I mean, that is the stuff that wins games. Like in clutch moments at the end of the game, you just have to hit your free throws, people. So that is an area where we definitely need to see, uh, see some improvement. I will say Mark Williams has improved a bit uh, in, that, in that stat. Some disappointing numbers from Trevor Keels. Um, you know, 69.8%. It's not going to cut it. Need some more from him. Uh, all right, let's talk about Notre Dame, which really was, if you're a Notre Dame fan, probably one of the ugliest games you've seen in a long time. But Okay, you need like to sound to happier. It. Hold on. I'm literally ripping the microphone away from uh, my other half over here because let's just call it like it is. Notre Dame shit the bed and got their ass smacked this evening, and it was awesome. It is Monday, January 31st. This was a makeup game from when uh, Duke had their COVID pause. They had COVID in the team. Rescheduled on a Monday and feeling just fine. Notre Dame just... it was like a demoralizing game, which like I feel a little bit sad for them, but that's actually completely not honest at all. I am delighted. I am delighting in the demoralization of Notre Dame this evening. 27.9% from the field. After that halftime, it's 27 to 14, low-scoring game for both teams. Um, And Coach Bray, what was he saying? Oh, my God. Well, hold on. I need to say a variety of things. I'm really not done just saying my piece here. Just so many thoughts and feels to share with the group. Number one, about a minute and 10 seconds into the game, the commentators are like, oh, well, this is a slow start for the Blue Devils. These are two teams where you really expect to see points in the 70s and the 80s by the end of the game. So I'm sure that's where we'll be by the end. Really? Are we? Notre Dame was held to under 45 points for the first time, I don't know, since the Great Depression. Something not recent. Not in recent memory, people. Additionally, Mike Bray, who is my favorite little leprechaun with such pointy little eyebrows, but Mike Bray said something, I guess, was quoted in terms of like what was going on with his team, in terms of kind of the the jitters or why they're nervous, even though you're on your home court. But whatever, I digress. And was like... It's electric in here tonight. The electricity from the crowd is really throwing us off. Are you kidding me? This is your home court. What, is it having the Blue Devils in your house? You're welcome for selling out your stadium in the middle of Indiana. Who gives a shit on the average Monday? What are you even talking about? I was blown away to say the electricity in my yeah. home court stadium. These fans are too electric. They're cheering too hard. They're pumping our guys up too they much. They cheered so hard I shit my pants. Like, what are you talking about? 
They cheered so hard, I shit my pants is the title of this episode. Seriously. I mean, I was, I was cry laughing. That was, ugh, I just love it. I want to crochet on a pillow and to sit on my sofa where I can look at it every single day. That was just a lot for me emotionally. I mean, Duke comes to town. They sell out your arena for you. You are welcome. And then you say it's so electric that your players got nervy? Like what? I don't even understand. Anywho... It was um, a demoralizing evening for Notre Dame, but let's talk about what we did well. I'm uh, done um, rubbing salt in this wound, so talk to me about what we did well. Yeah, I mean, we we had a ton of turnovers again in this game, uh, so that's not great. No. But we completely dominated on the rebounding front, 51 to 36. I don't think they even attempted. Were they there? <laughs> Yeah, we shot really well, um, you know, from the field besides for threes. Our threes were not looking yeah, good Yeah, quiet tonight. on the threes tonight. For both teams. And, and Notre Dame is a, a three-point shooting team, so just no offense. Not today. Um, anyway, just overall, Duke only took three free throws. Very unusual and peculiar game, but Duke ends up with a very, very easy win against Notre Dame, who came in tied with Duke at 7-2. and two. In the conference standings. Not anymore. They now trail Duke by a game. Um, we so didn't even mention the Keels was back. Keels came back. Didn't have the best game, but you know what? It's good to have him back on the floor. And, and also, I mean, he shouldn't be, like, going so... We, we don't want him hurt again. Like, no, he didn't start. And he, at some points, even he and Roach were on the court together. Uh, Mark Williams didn't play quite as many minutes tonight, I don't think. At some of those points, when we had Roach and Keels in there together. Uh, Marky Mark was... Uh, Sitting out, we saw some minutes out of Bates Jones at the very end. Uh, we had uh, Savarino in the game, who uh, promptly and like, basically immediately turned it over. So that was uh, a little hard to watch, uh, but just a good game all the way around. Oh, and I'm burying the lead here. We haven't even talked about the part when uh, the Fighting Irish were starting to get a little bit rowdy, and then AJ Griffin just hit a shot and turned around and ever so quietly shushed. The fans, oh, it burns. I love it. We love to see it. The gentle shh in someone else's house. It's not floor slapping, but like same energy. That's my second favorite new thing to floor slapping. That's what I have to say. Yeah. So what are you doing on Saturday night, Maddie? Oh, I will be taking a little trip to the Dean Dome where the losers in powder blue have made a statement that they're not going to be honoring the goat when he comes to their house for one last time. To be clear, we are not going to North Carolina. Oh, fine. Emotionally, emotionally, people, from my sofa in New York City where it's cold. Emotionally. Taking a little stroll um, up Tobacco Road. I just am pissed. I'm pissed. Let me tell you. There are certain levels of talent and skill and greatness that transcend rivalry, and I think it is fair. I recognize I'm biased. However, it is also fair to say that Coach K's greatness, what he has done for sports, what he has done for basketball, what he has done for college basketball, transcends rivalry and is deserving of recognition, and he is a true sportsman and had Roy not dipped at the end of last season without so much as a goodbye to anyone, including the class that he recruited but I digress. I'm sure he would have been given a standing ovation and Coach K would have demanded respect out of the Blue Devils. Instead, Coach K will be paying his final visit to the Dean Dome where they are doing jack shit to recognize the occasion. And you know what? It's their loss. You don't want to be part of history. Good day to you. Is that what you had in mind for Saturday evening? Yeah. So 
uh, in normal people speak, um, the Duke is playing the UNC. One oh, of the don't best, be jealous. Don't be a hater. One of the best rivalries in college sports. Clearly the best rivalry in college basketball. Oh, please, um, in all of sports. I could put on my body paint right now. The crazies are tenting. It is snowing. They're sleeping on pizza boxes under their tents. That takes commitment, people. Tis the season. So uh, we'll see Paolo Bancaro and the Duke Blue Devils head to see Armando Baycott. I hate him. Uh, and, the, and the UNC Tar Heels, whatever those are. Um, Why do they have so many players where I feel like I hate them for four years and then a fifth and a sixth year go by and they're still there? Yeah. Is the hatred too strong so that it feels longer or can I not count? Like what's happening? They Who continue knows? to have players where I just feel it's been several moments too long. Anyway, things we'll things I'd like to see. I just, you have to let me say it. I recognize I'm a crazy person, but it's fine. We're a couple of crazy people. Anywho, I just would love if Coach K could go out with like a little Gerald Henderson, smushes Tyler Hansbro's nose up into his brain, like farewell tour vibe. Um, I think my best contender to make that happen for me um, is Theo John, who has I could kill someone energy sometimes when he's on the court. I feel that they play a cleaner game than back in the day when we uh, broke old Hansborough's little nosies. So I don't know that it's going to happen for me, but I'm just saying, if there's a moment, Theo John, can you hear me? This is your time. Well, it should be a good one. You know, no matter what the teams are doing that year, these games are always remarkably close. Oh, this is their Super Bowl. Everybody brings it. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, a very, very, very um, tense game. The last time Coach K comes to, uh, you know, play them at the Dean Dome. And uh, what's your final prediction? What's the score? What, what do we think? Ooh, that is stressful. I don't know that I can commit to a precise score, but I want to say I think we're going to win by a minimum of eight points. Eight-point margin or more. That's what I'm going for. All right. Let's see what I can do. So I'm going to say Duke's averaging 81 points a game. UNC 78, I'm going to say. 84-82, Duke win by two. That is stressful and close. Not loving that you don't want us to have a wider margin. Perhaps yours is a little bit more realistic. I'm sweating thinking at that two-point margin. It's a little bit stressful, but for once, I feel like I've said something more positive than something you've said. That's rare. Hope that people are soaking it in. But, I mean, this is just... A rivalry unlike any other. They're so evenly matched all time. I don't know whether or not we have the numbers handy, but it's like always within a win or two of each other in in all-time matchups between these two teams. So I'm excited. I'm also using this as an emotional um, deflector from the fact that the next time Duke and UNC meet will be senior night, Coach K's last game in Cameron, which I will literally start weeping if we talk about now, so we're not going to do that. But that's why I'm particularly excited to just focus on winning Saturday night. A little less, different kind of feels, different kind of feels. Yeah. Well, we will be back to talk about what happens in that game. Hopefully oh, we're yeah. excited and happy and talking about Duke players slapping the floor at the Dean Dome. Floor slapping energy, people. Floor slapping energy. Well, until then, any last comments? No, that's all I got. Until then, we'll see you uh, 6 p.m. on Saturday, which is what, February 5th? Is that a true story? Feels like a true story. 6 p.m. Saturday, February 5th, Duke UNC in the Dean Dome. Until then, go Duke, bleed blue.